Hi, this is Alyssa McNamara-Reed, and I will be your host for the next two hours. Allow me to introduce myself. I am a certified financial planner practitioner and an investment advisor. I am co-owner of McNamara Financial Services, Inc. in Marshfield, Massachusetts. McNamara Financial is a federally registered investment advisor, and by my definition anyway, is a true family business. We work with clients like you every day, regular people that need help making sound financial decisions or people that want one less thing to worry about. I work with clients for a fee based on assets that I manage or an hourly or flat fee for creating financial plans. I am not compensated via commissions unless I have the pleasure of helping someone with their insurance needs. There are some things worth paying for and perhaps a lifetime of financial security is one of them. I of course cannot guarantee that working with me will ensure a secure financial future. McNamara on Money has been a call-in talk radio show since 1990. I love hearing from listeners and there truly are no dumb questions. In fact, I like the simple questions because everyone should have the answer to those. Just don't call me asking for the next hot investment or which market is going to outperform this year. Number one, that's not the nature of this show. And number two, I have no idea. Any advice I give to a caller is meant to be generic in nature and should be verified with his or her own financial professionals. You will hear about a variety of topics on this show that relate to investments and personal finance. We try to cover topics that people can relate to regardless of their net worth or financial situation. And of course, we try to keep it interesting. I would crunch numbers for two hours or spreadsheet cash flows because I'm a total math nerd, but that wouldn't much make for good radio. Instead, I choose to educate people on topics surrounding big financial events in life, like marriage and divorce, kids in college, death of a loved one, career changes, and of course, retirement. I once heard that it is a smart man that knows what he doesn't know. I'm sure it was my dad that said that, and I'm also sure that it applies to women. That is why I invite guests onto my show that have expertise in different areas also related to personal finance. I feel it's important to note that the opinions of these professionals are not necessarily the opinions of McNamara Financial or any of its advisors. As long as we are on the subject of disclosure, I should note that while we may discuss investments and or markets on this show, that past performance is not indicative of future results. Thanks for tuning in. Good morning. You're listening to McNamara on Money, educating the investors of the South Shore and the Merrimack Valley. I'm Alyssa McNamara-Reed. Good morning, everyone. Uh, I We have a special show, a, a uh, studio full of guests this morning, which is uh, unusual. Sometimes I have, it's just me and my husband, and sometimes it's me and one other guest. So this is great. Uh, we have a studio full of people here to um, honor National Caregiver Month. Um, so we're going to be talking about um, caregiving today from uh, various aspects and kind of not necessarily from a financial aspect, but we'll talk about that as well. And um, we'll, we'll talk about, we have a we have a published author in the house and an, uh, an illustrator and a caregiver. So, or I'm sorry, an aging care coordinator. I got that wrong, <laughs> but that's why I told you, I told everyone in the room, I'm going to let everyone do their own introduction because I, I won't be able to do it as eloquently. So uh, this is a call and talk radio show. If anyone wants to join us on the air, maybe share their experience uh, regarding caregiving or have any questions for us, you can call the studio 781-837-4900, or you can also always email us uh, questions at McNamaraonmoney.com. Um, so let's start here. We're going to, we have the, um, the author of a book called Caregiver Defined. His name is Michael Fortuna, lives right here locally in Massachusetts. Um, and he is going to be, um, sharing with us many things regarding, um, you know, your inspiration for the book and kind of talking about the book a little bit and, and the purpose of it. And, um, and so Michael, do you, thank you for being here, by the way. Good morning. It's a thrill. And you're, this is not your first book that you've published. Is that correct? Uh, no, it's my second. Your second book. What was your first? Uh, Brimfield, which was a novel. Okay. Yeah. Um, and thanks for being here. Do you want to just take a minute and give a little background about yourself? And Sure. Um, we'll give you lots of time to do inspiration for the book, but how about just a quick background on, on yourself? Yeah, I basically spent a, career, a long career in advertising and uh, still do it. So I'm a writer at heart. Uh, I've been writing for many, many years. And uh, in the meantime, I published a novel in 2000, which, which was on the Brimfield flea market, which was, and most recently, Caregiver Defined, which was really a, uh, a, a way to acknowledge what is a very difficult category in this country, caregiving. 
So that's my background. And I, on the book, I worked with uh, Peg Atkinson, who's here. Peg Lee Atkinson. <laughs> Peg, you want to talk about the... Good morning, Peg. How are you? Thank you for having us. You're welcome. Um, Thanks for... You know, actually, like, thank you for setting this up. You and I know each other <laughs> from other circumstances, yeah. and uh, I appreciate you you know, letting me know that it's National Caregiver Month. I, I didn't know that, and I appreciate you introducing me to your friends here. So thanks for being here. And, and Peg is the illustrator uh, of Caregiver Defined, and um, the, the illustrations are beautiful. I'll, I'll at some point, I'll, I'll I was planning to take some pictures of it and kind of put it up on our website, on the McNamara website and the blog and stuff like that, because the, the illustrations are quite beautiful. But thanks for being here. How about a quick background for yourself? Um, like Michael, I've worked in advertising for quite a few years. We've worked together on quite a range of different oh, really? kind of okay. jobs. Yep. Um, and then this was something that he brought up, you know, they've had this great idea and we want to do this sort of like a dictionary and define these words in our own way. And so back and forth came up with what would, you know, how do we illustrate this to make it just a little bit more special, a little bit more. Yeah, it's awesome. Defining and keep it feeling like a dictionary. Yeah. Like, you know, etching-esque kind of a style. As I was flipping through the book the first time I saw it, I landed on a page that I want to say had a picture did it have a picture of a dog? German yes. Shepherd, yes. Page 39. <laughs> <laughs> I was flipping through, and I'm, a, I'm an animal lover, and particularly a dog lover, and I flipped through and I said, oh, I need you to do an illustration for me of my, a portrait of my dog. little dogs. And you said, I do that, actually. So, <laughs> uh, But the illustrations are all done by hand, correct, in pencil? Yes. And they're, they're gorgeous. Um, so, and then, okay, thank you, Peg. Um, so again, the book is Caregiver Defined. You can find it on Amazon, right? Yeah, it's on Amazon. Yep. Uh, Barnes and Noble online, available locally at uh, Bar- uh, Buttonwoods and Cohasset, oh, okay. Goodies, Situate. So it's the <laughs> best place, the easiest place to get it is online. Yep. And, uh, you know, it's been a pretty popular book, and it's a, in a category that, that uh, has new caregivers coming in every day, which makes it uh, what we like to call it is an evergreen story. Yeah, and uh, it's so uh, that's and as you mentioned, you know, really t- November is I like to think of it. We all think of Black Friday in November, but in this National Caregivers Month is a really an opportunity for people just to stop for a minute and think about what caregiving is, how important it is. Um, you know, I'd like to just go through, if you will, just to kind of ground that. I would love that, Michael. Do you mind if we just introduce our oh, last sorry. guest? Yeah, yes. so I, I do want to get into all that. Michael came very prepared this morning. Actually, earlier this week was all prepared with an, with, uh, an outline and some thoughts, which was great. That saved me a lot of work, Michael. Um, but before we get there, uh, let's introduce our final guest, who is Carrie Davis of, um, she owns her own business, Grace Life Care. Yes. Um, and yes, do you mind? Uh, thank you for being here as well. Good morning. Thank you very and, much for um, inviting me. I, I it's great to have you know your your aspect on caregiving as mm-hmm. as well and, and and as well as listening to Michael's experience and uh, inspiration for the book. So yeah, do you, would you do a quick sure quick bio? Sure. So I am an aging life care professional, which is um, otherwise known by some as a geriatric care manager, and we are experts in the field of gerontology. Um, we typically have backgrounds in nursing or social work. Um, I happen to be a nurse for thirty years, and we are credentialed through a national organization and are members of the Aging Life Care Association. Um, we adhere to a strict um, standards of practice and code of ethics in our practice um, of care management. So we may be called upon during a crisis when a family notices some changes in cognitive or physical ability of their loved one. We can also consult with individuals who want to proactively plan for their future needs. Um, we basically help older adults by assessing their challenges identifying solutions and coordinating their care. We provide guidance, resources, and advocacy with the goal of providing peace of mind while improving the quality of life for families through the aging process. Okay, so you have, um, do you have caregivers that you hi- that, that you hire in your own practice or you're hiring out a third party organization right. if so, there's care needs? Um, so I, I think of myself more as a, a consultant and yep. I connect families with some really great agencies out there, whether it be um, an agency 
agency that provides hourly care or live-in caregivers. Okay. Um, you know, helping them to tap into good resources that are out there that are going to be best suited for them. Okay. So we do a very individualized assessment and figure out the best plan for them. And I'm assuming you you help them um, coordinate with their health insurance or exactly. their long-term care insurance and stuff like that. Maximizing and, their benefits. Yeah. Yes. Fantastic. Well, thank you again for being here. Thank you. Um, Michael, if you, um, do you want to get started with, you know, maybe like your inspiration for the book or? Well, yeah, I think it's important that people understand just how pervasive caregiving is. Um, there was a survey done in 2015 by AARP mm-hmm. on caregiving. And uh, w- and I think the numbers are fairly astounding. It says there are 43 million unpaid caregivers in the U.S., which is truly an, am- an amazing yeah. number. Yeah. 60% of those are women and 85% are caring for a family member or relative, much like Kerry, that you would deal with a family issue. So a lot of the caregiving is pretty much homegrown. It's not yeah. necessarily bringing in paid caregivers. Right. Now, you know, you think about how a caregiver time is spent. They spend uh, in a couple of ways. Number one, there are core daily activities with the recipient, and that can be getting people in and out of bed, personal care, bathing, things like that. And then there are daily chores on behalf of the caregiver, which is transportation, grocery, doctor visits, etc. So there's an awful lot of dimensions that come under caregiving. And of course, the, the, the level of care one needs really dictates a lot of that. I think what's most important, at least that really was sort of the, the, the idea that, that really what the, the initiative behind writing the book was, how, care, how caregiving makes caregivers feel. Um, oddly enough, 80, 80% of these people, of these 43 million people, think it's a burden. To some of them, it's a very heavy one. 50% of the caregivers say they have no choice. They, this is what they have to do. They're stuck with it. Yeah. Somebody gets sick. Somebody needs care. They have no choice. So they're, they're entering into it with not the positive uplifting spirit one might want to have in a new venture. Yeah. So they feel, I think, a little bit more challenged and and Well, we were were talking off air how, you know, in generations past, most families weren't dual income families, right? So one, you know, maybe the stereotypically, you know, the wife stayed home and didn't work. We've forgotten how to take care of somebody to some degree. And now it's very common for, um, you know, both people of a couple to be working and, and, you know, then um, there's not as much free time to provide care for a family member should a family member need it. So, you know, and I don't know what the statistics were you know, 30, 40 years ago, but I'm sure they were very different from oh, the absolutely. statistics that you just absolutely. read. I, I found some similar information as well, really quick. I actually, um, I found some statistics from the American Psychological Association, which I thought was an interesting place to find those um, statistics that, and this was a study done three years, sorry, four years ago, 2015, 2016, that one in five adults are caregivers. Um, 58% are women. I think your, your study was mm-hmm. 60%. So yeah, very, very similar. Um, 37% are caring for a parent or a parent-in-law. And 20% of caregivers are age 65 or older. Most of them are older. Yeah. As you would I, imagine. Yeah. yeah. Um, and then just one really quick, I don't need to read this whole thing, but um, half... Caregiving can be lengthy. Half of caregivers have provided care for at least two years, and 30% have provided care for at least 20 hours a week. It's a is, lot. Yeah, it seems it seems like a lot. I know those. That's are why it gets into statistics, but the increased stress for caregivers who are employed and need to adjust their either their work schedule, yeah, their income. You know, it's hard. It's hard, and then. I wanted to talk about the financial, sure. you know, aspects of this. Not, I wanted. We can do that a little bit later in the show. But you know, you mentioned that that eighty percent of caregivers feel that it's a burden, which is such such an unfortunate statistic. But you know, I, I'm, a, I'm a, that's financial related, right? Like, I'm right. assuming if if most families had the resources available, they would probably 
pursue hiring Correct. care if they if they could afford it financially. Unfortunately, that's just not always an option for people. Or if it was an option, it would be perhaps for a very short period of time, and 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 wouldn't be able to sustain that. So, do, I mean, Correct. do you have any? Carrie, uh, you probably you, have some. Yeah, on I that. think the cost of what this um, can can run for families, you know, it can really deplete a lot of the retirement savings. Yeah, um, and one that. You know, if, if someone was fortunate enough to purchase a long-term care insurance policy yeah. years ago, um, that can really be a tremendous lifesaver for them now. Um, it may not cover all of the complete costs that they need, yeah. um, but it certainly can help to preserve and, and make that care last a little bit longer. Yeah, and even if it provides, you know, respite for mm -hmm. the family, that, you know, that can be huge. Right. And, so sometimes we can yeah. get involved as a care manager and look at, you know, what can we do, you know, with, with what is available. Yeah. You know, what I always start to, by asking people once they tell me what the scenario is, really in the beginning or stages of that conversation really want to know what are what is the financial picture because then that helps to accurately plan yeah. rather than sending somebody down a road that's not going to be realistic for Absol them to sustain for any period of time absolutely absolutely so michael what was your your inspiration for the book you have a story from your past yeah the inspiration from you know i i think and i'll i'll address this to caregivers um because I think uh, caregiving is one of these things that, that sort of stays with you, if you will. Uh, and I, I believe this, and I've talked to a number of caregivers. It's sort of, regardless of the level or length of care, caregiving is something that you never forget. Uh, it leaves an indelible mark. Uh, sometimes a good one, sometimes a bad one. Either way, it's, it, it can have an effect on your life. In my case, believe it or not, it goes back to 1955 when my brother contracted polio in the 1955 epidemic. Uh, he became completely paralyzed in an iron lung. <clears throat> After a year, he was able to come home with a portable respirator. And I was nine and I became the brother caregiver. Wow. Now, at that point, <laughs> medically, things were pretty archaic back then. A portable aspirator was like a, uh, like a ninja turtle vest that literally just pushed your chest in and out. Uh, because he was young, he was uh, a year older than me, he had to wear uh, body casts every night so his muscles would atrophy he would, so he wouldn't his arms and legs wouldn't gnarl up because he had uh. nothing in there uh, anyway so that was sort of I became the brother caregiver I did a lot of his personal duties uh, as well as I used to build models for him uh, every day so it was really quite it became a job did you have a big family or was it just you and your brother uh, I had two sisters, but they were much younger. Okay. So it was just my brother and I, really. And your father was working? And my dad was working. My mom was at home. Yeah. And then about a year into this, they decided, well, I needed a break. So they said, let's send him to camp for two weeks. So they sent me off to an overnight camp. Middle of the second week, my brother dies. <laughs> oh, God. So I, I started carrying around this survivor's guilt at a very young age. Oh. And... You know, it's one of those things that I said, you know, regardless of the level of length of care, it's something you never forget. Yeah. So I always had a predisposition, if you will, first of all, to, I guess, to people in need. And also that sense of guilt that goes along with it. So that was one of the reasons. And then more recently, at the time, contemporaneously, if you will, my sister was taking care of my mother. And that was, I call it, it was hell. It was really hard on her. Uh, my mother was elderly. It was not a good relationship. Mm. It was just bad. And so it was really using her, if you will, as sort of a real-time experience plus my own experience many years ago. It's what I wanted to put this together. Yeah. And, uh, How so, long did you work on it, the book? Oh, Peg, what did we do? How many... Probably six months, eight months. Yeah, because we had time that we would just would devote to every day to yeah. talking back and forth, talking through the words, talking through, um, 
you know, definitions and thoughts. And, yeah. And we pulled so, my sister in to, to be our editor and to make, check our spelling and check our, you know, things, so, which was great. Well, I think we tried to figure out what, uh, what, what kind of book it wanted to be. And I, I, I've mentioned earlier in here, but I like to think of it as a casserole for caregivers. I, I love casseroles because they're the most, I don't, to some degree, they're very inappropriate, but they're the most appropriate and human thing you can do for someone who is in need. And they don't have to be good. <laughs> not that the book is not good. <laughs> <laughs> but a yeah. casserole doesn't have to be good. It's the idea behind it. Right. So we really, I kind of wrote this with the idea that that's what this is. And that's many, many ingredients. It tries to deal with uh, hope, uh, feeling terrible, uh, having not enough time, being exhausted. It tries to deal with, with a number of issues that caregivers face, but in a way that, that's uh, simple and, you know, a way to acknowledge them. That's really what this book is about. I think one thing about caregivers is I think they get, they get so overwhelmed that they get within themselves and it's hard for them to, to speak out. And then they start to feel alone in their duties. They start to feel overwhelmed. You Mm -hmm. probably can speak to this as well. Absolutely. I think that, you know, just what you said about um, how, you know, it can be such a burden for some people. And respite is something that is so important to recognize. And we have to think about how are we supporting these caregivers, whether they be family caregivers or um, even live-in caregivers that need to take a break and providing that respite for them. Um, You know, as you mentioned too, it's something that has affected you so deeply. You know, this was was something you did for your brother at a young age. Very young. And even now in your life, you know, this is the, these feelings that that brought forth are still so strongly with Absolutely. you. Absolutely. And in some ways, I think that is a very good thing, right? Because it just really connects us into the human experience and it's very real. And these are experiences that can never be taken away from you. Like what you learned from that and how you grew as a person from that will stay with you forever. And I think these people who work in these caregiving roles are very, very special people because they know something that the, that many of us never really have a chance to experience. So um, well, I think you're right about support. you're right about that because you will learn something from. Mm-hmm. I went on from there to become a at one point a candy striper <laughs> w- at Quincy Hospital. Really? In high school, oh no way! Which was a volunteer thing. Yeah. And, and I guess I, could, I couldn't get enough of it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So I'm. I guess I'm in. Um, I don't have a personal experience caregiving. Yeah. I know lots of people and yeah. lots of clients that have You're had that mom, experience. Though, so you do. You are a caregiver. That's yeah. It's the beginning. That's of, true. That You're right. You're right. I'm a mom. You're right. Okay. So yeah, I was thinking of it in a different no, context, but, it's, but it's sure. True. We yeah. start from there and move forward. Yeah, you're right, and that's probably the, we learn some the good reason, skills. Yeah, that's right. The reason why so why the the majority of caregivers are women, I would imagine, we have that maternal instinct. But anyway, I digress. So, but I'm impressed that you know. So you were saying that your brother was ill in 1955. Yeah, it was a long time ago. And here and here you are, 60 mm-hmm. some odd years yeah. later, and and you still have. It's like difficult goes away. Yeah. It's very, it's very uh, it was an acute experience yeah. for a nine-year-old to go through. Oh, I'm sure. And were you in school at the time? Yeah. Or were you- I mean, you had a regular life, but your life, you, I moved from the outside, if you will, playing with friends to the inside uh, with my brother. Yeah. And again, back then it was really, you know, medically it was pretty archaic. There was nothing you could do. Mm-hmm. He eventually just, he, he just, uh, he just fell asleep one night and didn't wake up. Yeah. He was, well. So, but anyway, you know, so that was sort of the, 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 the why I wanted to do with that and, and my sister, who I felt, there again, I felt guilty that I, I wasn't doing enough for my mother along with my sister. Mm. And you get into that with families as Feeling as like you're you not know, doing enough. Big time. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> the yeah. people will say, well, she's not doing anything, or he's not doing anything. So there's a, it brings out a lot of good and bad mm-hmm. emotionally in families. Mm-hmm. So again, going back to the, the idea of being a casserole, we wanted to do a book that, you know, there's a million books on caregivers, and there's a lot of good ones that that look at it from uh, medical, from financial. What we wanted to do was a book that just sort of accepted the people. 
like the subhead says, words that honor the work of the caregiver. Mm-hmm. Here's a bunch of words that we think connect to you and that you'll find hopefully helpful, reassuring. Uh, Appreciative. Appreciative, yeah, and and it was really so. With and that's a very simple, simple strategy, if you will. And mm-hmm. we tried to put together a really simple book that one could keep at a, a nightstand, and just look at it once in a while. And we've had some really good feedback from people who have done just that. Yeah, I mean, it's it, and this is the season for you know gift giving as well. And this yeah. is this this is the type of book where you know it's a, it can be a gift for someone who's going through that and support for support for them. We just have to take a quick break. That's what that music. Um, you guys, oh, you guys don't have your headphones on. You can't hear the music. But music is playing, which signals it's time for a quick break. Okay. I'm Alyssa McNamara-Reed. You're listening to McNamara on Money. I'm chatting about uh, with local author Michael Fortuna about his book, Caregiver Defined. And we'll just be back in just a few moments. And we're back. You're listening to McNamara on Money. I'm Alyssa McNamara-Reed. We are educating the investors of the South Shore and the Merrimack Valley. Um, this morning, topic of discussion is caregiving and sort of approaching it from a little bit of a different angle this morning. Uh, we'll, we'll touch on finances, of course, and, and how um, caregiving can affect the family finances and how to you know plan for that in advance if possible. And we'll certainly touch on that, but we're approaching it from a little bit of a different angle this morning and that we have a um, care coordinator here with us and, and also author and illustrator um, of a book called Caregiver Defined, Words That Honor the Work of the Caregiver. And so, you know, just um, talking about experiences and inspiration for the book and, and just kind of talking about caregiving in general. And, and um, I think, you know, I'm not gonna speak for you guys, but it, maybe the purpose of the book is just to provide support for people going through a very difficult situation. and. You know, we talked uh, in the first break about, uh, in the first segment about, um, you know, we went over some statistics and 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 that, you know, something 80% of caregivers feel that it's a burden. And, and I'm sure that that's, um, nobody wants to feel that way. And, and maybe just just admitting it is, is, I'm sure, very hard for people. But um, I think this was meant to be, you know, Michael Fortuna, the author of the book, writing of the book, just meant to be... Um, you know, sort of support for people going through this. So um, thanks for being here, you guys. Really appreciate it. And uh, let's go to um, uh, Carrie Davis, who you can find her at um, gracelifecare.com. I went to your website. Lovely website, by the way. Thank you. Um, And you are an aging... I'm going to get it wrong. Aging life care professional. An aging life care professional. Bear with me because that's that's like a new... (laughs) You're not aging. You're an aging life care professional. Yes. Yes. Um, I think sometimes the way to to say that so it doesn't sound as though I'm the aging one is to say aging life and then pause and then say care coordinator. Okay. Perfect. You know, so yes, I'll work um, on that. Again, it, it's a rebranding yes. from the National yeah. Association. Um, many people do know about us um, or refer to us as geriatric care managers. Got it. And I will say oftentimes, you know, I when I get phone calls, um, from families that are in a crisis or have been really trying um, to solve some problems for a while. They're kind of spinning their wheels and somebody along the way says to them, gee, you really ought to call a geriatric care manager. And it might be an attorney that they're working with or a financial planner who who knows about us and then refers the family. Um, And they say, you know, I I hear their story and listen to all that they've been trying to do. And, you know, they wonder, is this something that you can help me with. And yeah. so I begin to talk about the ways that we can be um, helpful to these families who are kind of stuck in a situation and they need to get themselves moving on. And so we tease out, you know, we, through the conversation, we tease out what are the issues that are most challenging and what are the issues that we really need to solve. And um, then kind of go from there. We might Um, start by doing um, an assessment in their home so that I can take a look at the situation and identify what are the biggest challenges and how we can come up with realistic solutions to solve that. And are you most, are you meeting families very early on in a diagnosis or early on in the process or is it like, you know, years down the road, you know, we hope to meet them early on. Um, And again, that, that just, 
that will happen by getting the word out so people know that we exist and we're a resource. And, you know, we, we are a fee for service, so people do pay for our services. Unfortunately, uh, Medicare and other insurances don't pay for care management services yet. Yeah. I hope that is something that, you know, will happen down the road because um, we can really help to save families from... Yeah. Long-term care insurance do, some, does. Yeah, some, some do cover some cost. Some policies yeah. do have what's called an allowance for care management. It's not okay. It's not a huge amount, but it certainly could be enough to get a family pointed in the right direction. Okay. Um, or long-term care insurance companies sometimes have their own care coordinators in-house, right? And they're providing... They do, but it's, you know, that, co- that care yeah. coordinator might be, you know, in another part of the country and they yeah. might talk to somebody over the phone. They're not going to come out to the house and yep. do an assessment, um, yep. attend a doctor's appointment, make sure that all of this communication is happening. I mean, I can yeah. really get involved as much or as little as families need yeah. or want me to be. Yeah. Sometimes, you know, there might be a, a long distance adult child who lives, you know, maybe out in California and their parents live on the Cape and they notice, you know, th- their last visit that the house didn't look so organized yeah. anymore and things were really starting to fall apart. Uh, maybe the father had a fall, the mother's having some memory problems. Um, and so what do they do? You know, they're long distance. So um, for them to call a care manager is sure. a huge help because yeah. then I can really be kind of a surrogate family member here that's locally for them oh, to help take comforting, care of everything. How comforting right. for a family member that's not local. And I'm imagining yeah. that, you know, early on in um, in, in this process where some, where, you know, maybe an age parent is starting to need care. I'm assuming early on the family doesn't perhaps recognize the need for a care coordinator because yeah. maybe at the very beginning things are a little bit more simple. And I don't and, think they know yeah. how potentially yeah. challenging it's going to get Yeah, because quite often um, these situations don't get better on their own. They tend to decline yeah, rapidly sure. and get worse. Sure. So so having, having an expert who has been through it before um, can really be very reassuring and helpful. And I tell, I say that to people all the time that, you know, you have not done this before, but I have helped countless other families through this. So um, trust me and, you know, yeah. we, we can get through this. And, yeah. um, and it's, it is so rewarding to take a look at a situation, you know, maybe a family that I've been working with for a couple of years and look back and say, wow, you know, we haven't had any hospitalizations. We haven't had any falls. Like things have really come together and have, have worked yeah. really well. I, before the show, I was looking up, um, Michael, you touched on this earlier about like statistics regarding, you know, mm-hmm. many, many caregivers are, you know, working full time and also trying to provide care, you know, right. and that could be almost full time. And, um, you know, from a, from a financial perspective can be quite a strain on the caregiver's f- own finances. Um, mm-hmm. And, you know, I just quickly um, pulled some statistics. Maybe you guys are familiar with the website caregiver.org. Is that a reputable mm-hmm. website? Okay, mm-hmm. <laughs> maybe, okay. <laughs> she could have tilted her head, but there was just some um, some quick statistics there regarding um, the impact on working caregivers, which I think, you know, I, I'm a financial advisor. Sure. And so, you know, many of the people, many of my clients um, are the working caregiver. And, you know, I, you know, sometimes see firsthand the impact on, on their own finances as they maybe have to cut down on their work or maybe have to take a leave of absence from work or, or, you know, retire younger than they thought. And, you know, I kind of see it firsthand and then there can be a negative impact on in their own financial life. Um, So I just quickly found some um, statistics. This looks like it goes back to about 2015. So statistics are a few years old. Um, 70% of working caregivers suffer work-related difficulties due to their dual roles. Many caregivers feel they have no choice about taking on caregiving responsibilities. You touched on that, Michael, earlier. I think the the point, Um, what you're getting at is that the caregiving sort of insinuates itself into so much of your life. It's your work life, it's your home life, it's your social life, and how you feel about yourself. So it's it's quite, it's really there. It's a very powerful yeah. aspect in in life today. And we are and we already live in this society where everything is so fast paced and people are so busy and there's you know it's, it, it's so easy for people to be stressed out and just Absolutely. because of everything going on sure. in their busy life and and to add a layer of complication and stress to that I'm sure is emotionally very challenging. So, you know, what with, with the families that you're working with Carrie, are, you know, what are you 
what are you seeing in terms of, you know, stress level? Like people very just kind of get to their breaking point and, and that's when right. they reach out to you? Or? Right. Yes. Yeah. Very. Yeah. It's, um, you know, many times they, they just might need some respite or yeah. if they are caring for an elderly parent at home, um, may need to look at assisted living, you know, maybe yeah. considering moving them. It might be for, um, you know, a permanent stay or many as local assisted livings just offer a respite stay yeah. where um, somebody can stay for, you know, a 30-day period, see if they like it. And, you know, it's a nice way to maybe ease that transition. Um, and many of those temporary residents end up staying long-term because okay. they get a lot more of what they need. You know, they're getting they're being getting established into a community where there's a lot of additional support, and then the family can take a step back, and then rather than you know assuming the burden of that caregiver role, they can become family again. Yeah, that is now visiting, um, visiting their mom in her own, her what has become her own home. Yeah. And are many, like in these situations where either mom or dad, you know, are at the point where they should be, they are going to be placed in an assisted living, like is it, is it most often the family's decision or is it the mom or dad's decision or is it both? Like, or is it just all over the map? I mean, I think it's very rarely the... The mom or dad's decision. Right, yeah. yeah. Nobody, yeah. nobody goes yeah. with, you know, excitement. There's always a lot of apprehension. Um, and it takes... There's an adjustment period. I always tell people, don't expect that it's going to be perfect, right? Yeah. Perfect is the enemy of the good. Yeah. It's not going to be... Um, it's not going to be perfect from the beginning, but it, it does get better. And, and I would say, you know, it, the process takes about a month to settle in. Okay. I can think of one or two situations with my clients where the 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 aging parent was the one who said, I'm ready, let's go. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I was not, imagining not that often. most of the time um, it's the opposite. You know, I have I have lots of conversations with my clients about, um, you know, planning for stuff like this well in advance and, mm-hmm. you know, qu- quite infrequent that someone wants to plan for it well in advance. However, unless they've had a personal situation by right. with caring for and a parent. And then they can watch and say, I don't want that to happen to me. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Um, but I mean, you know, during, during that... Cr- course of that conversation, regardless of which way it goes, you know, you, you know, we're talking about, you know, you can plan for, you know, there are insurances where you can, you know, put in place long-term care insurance to have the financial resources to, you know, to pay right. for this. And, you know, the, pretty, pretty much any parent that I've ever worked with has said, you know, I, I don't want to be a burden on my family. Mm-hmm. Nobody ever wants that, you know, as a parent. And, um, However, it, things don't exactly line up because the stati- as we talked yeah. about earlier, the statistics are that um, you know there's a large percentage of Americans that are providing care and that do feel that they're burdened by it, which is unfortunate. So um, you know, quite a disconnect there. But but again, planning for long-term care insurance, for example, you know, u- utilizing that tool to plan financially for providing for care, you know, it can be very expensive oh, it's too. And it's, expensive. it's very hard for people to, I mean, insurance is leverage and it can provide a, a huge benefit, you know, should someone need care, but it's hard for people to get over the sticker shock sometimes mm-hmm. of that insurance product, especially because, um, I think it's human nature to kind of like be in denial that this is going to happen to you also. And, you know, right. I, am I going to spend X thousands on that if, well, maybe this won't, maybe that won't, maybe it won't happen to me. So right. you almost feel um, like you're gambling against yourself. Do yeah. I get insurance? Do I not? If I don't get it, I won't, you know, it's, it is, it's like you're gamb- you're betting against yourself yeah. in a way. Yeah. So it's, yeah. you know, I try to have these conversations with, um, with all of my clients for whom I think it's, it's appropriate and they should at least entertain the conversation and, you know, it's, it's affordable to them in, in some way, but, um, you know, maybe, I don't know if you're familiar, Carrie, but there's, you know, the, the life insurance products that are now available that have, that give people the ability to borrow from the policy mm-hmm. for long-term care mm-hmm. services. I think mm-hmm. that those um, are, I think that those are incredibly appropriate for some people. Of course, you have to have the financial resources to place that insurance right. policy, but now, but now there are um, life insurance policies that, that allow someone, they have an accelerated, uh, accelerated, Rider, I can't, I'm going to forget the exact title of it, but um, 
that it's a life insurance policy where if you need long-term care services, you can utilize funds from that policy for long-term care. So, you know, you could, the, the death benefit would be would reduced be less, dollar for right. dollar or it could mm-hmm. be eliminated or reduced, but you utilize the policy during your lifetime should which you need care, which makes great sense. And then it eliminates that, well, what if I never need care? You know, mm-hmm. because, because well, if you don't, then you have a life insurance policy and someone will get that death and benefit death someday. Benefit. So it's, it's, it's a little bit different from like the use it or lose it nature of, of many traditional long-term care insurance policies. Mm-hmm. So I think those make a lot of sense mm-hmm. for people that can afford them, but it's just a matter of, um, you know, there's a lot of people that can afford it, but it's still a lot of money and I'm not sure. Um, and there's still that whole sticker shock of it. So, but unfortunately there's, there's quite a disconnect, I think mm-hmm. from that regard, the people, well, I don't want to be a burden on my family, but, but you know, it's not a hundred percent of those people are taking the steps to avoid that mm-hmm. or to make that in place. So, um, so we, this is a call and talk radio show. We haven't had anyone join us, but that's okay. It's, we're still early in the show, 781-837-4900. If anyone wants to call and maybe share their experience as a caregiver, mm-hmm. um, maybe someone has read the book, Caregiver Defined, that we are discussing on air this morning. We have the author of that book, Michael Fortuna, here with us this morning, and the illustrator of the book, Peg Lee. Um, and we're just kind of talking about... Um, about caregiving in general. So if anyone wants to join us on the air, please do. We are live in studio today in Marshfield. Um, Michael, back to you. Yeah, I'll go back to the sort of give people an idea of, you know, really what the book's about. Okay. Uh, right from the book itself, it's, it, the quote is, it's a beautifully illustrated, inspirational book that honest caregivers by defining them through a vocabulary of words associated with the care they provide and the wide range of emotions connected to it. Uh, some fast facts on the book. It's a soft cover, a soft cover book. It's 125 pages of basically short prose uh, with really great illustrations uh, by Peg Lee. It's already received some really nice recognition. It was winner of today's Caregiver Magazine's Caregiver Friendly Award and recognized as one of the best caregiving books of 2018 by the caregiver website, caring.com. It's available, uh, as you might imagine, on Amazon, Barnes & Noble online, locally at Goodies in Situate and Buttonwoods in Cohasset. I I think it's important I speak about the format of the book a little bit. It's because I wanted to keep it simple. And it's really based on a vocabulary exercise that everyone has gone through as a kid, and that is spell a word in simple dictionary terms, define the word, and then use it in a sentence. And uh, so what, and tied in with that is uh, the, the types of illustrations that we did. Peg, if you want to talk about the dictionary-driven illustrations that we, that we created for this. Uh, yeah, because we we went back and forth. Do we do color illustrations? Do mm-hmm. we you know make the illustrations big and bold? And we came down to the decision that this sort of felt like a dictionary. So let's treat it like the dictionary, those sort of etching-esque oh, yeah. illustrations yeah. that you'd see in the Webster dictionary, and you know the little details and which is my forte. I like drawing very detailed uh, things. Um, and and treat it that way so that they're little jewel-like accents that accentuate the word. I. I um, the subject or the or the intent of the book, I think, is very um, I don't know se- sensitive or um, the topic is almost very sensitive and well, emotional. It's, and it's I emotional. Think the- yeah, it's emotional. It's uh, it tries to deal with really the how people feel about it. I'd like to you know we've been talking about the uh, the difficulties of caregivers and how I think they feel overwhelmed. I think. Well, I'd like to read one here, which is the word significance. Um, and Peg did a wonderful illustration of what we call is basically it's a simple bowl of soup with a couple of crackers, and which is about as simple as you can get. And I'd like to read the copy for the for significance, which is defined as something of importance or consequence. A hand held, a face washed, a meal prepared small acts of great significance, true hallmarks of the caregiver. Even as the quiet work you do often goes unnoticed, it roots its way throughout the world because everything you do for another brings our planet closer together 
and makes it a more humane place for all. In the end, the unselfish acts you perform, however small, provide a much needed sense of gravitas to daily living, giving each day meaning far beyond the shallow promises of wealth, position, or fame. I, I think that's a typical, uh, a typical word and a typical direction that I wanted to really focus on because it just it complements the caregiver and the work that you do. Mm-hmm. I know you just brought up the word burden. Uh, hang on, I got to. That's got to be in here, it right? It is here, but you know, I and you I didn't appro- memorize what page it's on, Michael. But I approach it. <laughs> I approach burden in two ways. Something that is what heavy. Page, wait, op- what page are you on? What page? Yeah, there's no page. It's oh, 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 something oh. that is heavy, oppressive, or difficult to endure. But I wrote this really from the perspective not only of it's a burden on the caregiver, but what people don't like to, as you mentioned. Allison, you mentioned, Alyssa, that people don't want to ask their family members to have to do something. So this reads, when crushed by your own guilt because you're feeling you're not doing enough, it's easy to overlook the equally crushing burden felt on the other side. No one wants to be dependent on another to settle their own needs on your generous back. And the more you do, the greater that weight can become which is why it helps to try to find even small ways to make them feel more independent, giving them a sense of control, even as you stand by with a caregiver's watchful eye. Carrie, I'm sure that's something that you run into mm-hmm. that we think of as just it's a burden being a caregiver, but it's a burden having someone to ask for care. Yeah, hold on, just, Carrie, hold up one second. We just, we have a caller. So you guys, now you guys have to put on your headphones. We've been slacking off for the first 53 minutes of the show. Uh, We have a caller. Let's go to Tammy from Boston. Good morning, Tammy. Hi, good morning. How are you? Fine, how are you today? I'm fine, thank you. Um, I just want to say this is a great topic, one. Um, And two, I'm sorry, I didn't clearly get the name of the book that you guys are speaking of. Sure. Caregiver Defined by Michael Michael Fortuna. In studio right now as we speak and illustrations by Peg Lee. So the book is Caregiver Defined. Okay. And you can find it on, you can find it on Amazon and Barnes and Nobles. Do you guys have a website for the book? Is it a separate website for the book or? Yes. No. Oh, okay. Yes, it's at um, it's at caregiverdefined.com. Oh, perfect. Easy, yep. easy enough. Um, thank you, Tammy. Anything else you'd like to share? Oh, it's super loud, Tammy. Yes, please. Um, and also, um, being a caregiver myself, I would like to find out if anyone knows of a place where we can go and just rejuvenate and renew ourselves after, you know, working and doing what we do. Oh, I love I love that question, Carrie. Did you hear that from Tammy? No, I'm sorry. So I, Tammy, Sammy, uh, t- this is Tammy from Boston. Uh, sorry, uh, Carrie's um, h- headphones weren't turned up for a moment there. But the qu- I think the question is where can- she's a caregiver herself, mm-hmm. Tammy, um, and she's looking. Did you say where can where can you go to rejuvenate yourself? I love that word. Yes, thank you. Lo- um, yes, if there's a place where we can go to rejuvenate ourselves after doing um, what we do as caregivers. In Massachusetts or anywhere else, you know. Other than like a massage parlor, like a massage therapist? The first thing that comes to mind is, you know, what are you doing to take care of yourself? You you have to really be thinking about taking some time. Um, I know every day is probably a a lot to ask for, but whether it just be, you know, some 10 minutes, 20 minutes to to do some meditation. Um, But maybe once a week, taking a break. Um, to do something that you enjoy doing for yourself that you feel that you know can can rejuvenate you um, whatever, however you define that I think that's going to be different for every person um, but you know you may just want to connect with some local resources I don't know what where you are in Boston but um, or who it is that you're caring for but you may want to contact um, you know, a local um, council on aging to find out maybe what support groups they might have mm. for caregivers. You know, there are plenty of caregiver support groups out there. So um, that might be a good place for you to start to identify what's locally available for you. T- Tammy, are you caring for a parent? Um, no, I currently um, I'm caring for, so I work with an agency. So I work with different um, clients. I go oh, into okay. their homes and care for them in that sense. Mm-hmm. 
So have you have you brought have you brought that question to your employer about what they are doing uh, to help them? No, them? actually, I haven't. Um, I was just listening to the topic, and it just came to me today. Like, wow, after all this time, um, you know, this, like I said, this is a great topic, and it came to me to ask, well, where can we go? Like, after mm. we care for loved ones, um, where can we go to help ourselves? You know, to renew and so forth. So that's what I just wanted to find out as well. And I think that was a good, you know, answer that she gave me. I never thought about that until now. Right. I would I would truly yeah. encourage you to um, try to pick up a copy of this book too. You know, um, I it just came to my attention earlier this week and after reading it I think um, I, you know, it's something that I will be gifting to caregivers that I work with who I know work so very hard and really need that validation of the work that they're doing is so important. And, you know, each page is, um, you know, some is, some some definitions are more serious than others. Some really carry a good um, bit of humor with them. And I help, I think it helps to lighten the, um, lighten up that burden a little bit. So I think you'll feel really good about the work that you do um, by reading this book. I think it can be very comforting. Yeah. M Michael, was the, was the intent of writing the book that it would be a, a, a gift-giving oh, type book? Yeah. Yeah, I think uh, I always saw it as a gift. I think caregivers of I don't think are going to buy something for themselves unless it's a how-to if they find it, mm -hmm. you know, that but so you really you have to uh, it's about outreach it's and what can the, yeah. what can a normal family member or friend give to someone just to say i know what you i know i don't i can't experience what you're going through but i appreciate what you're going through and therefore here's a little help yeah i think just and Carrie, you spoke of respite i want to read we have one mm -hmm. called chocolate. Yeah, I like that taste. And this <laughs> let's is just before you go. Sorry, okay. Michael, interrupt. Tammy, any other questions or comments you wanted to add? Um, that's it so far that I can think about this morning. Well, thank. Um, I appreciate you guys being on air. Um, I love this radio station, so thank you for everything. You're welcome, Tammy. You, Tammy. I don't own the radio station, so I can't take credit for that, but I do do the show. So thank you for the call, okay. Tammy. Enjoy your weekend. Bye-bye. Thank you for your time. Take right. care. Thanks. Michael, bye -bye. we got like one or two minutes. So okay. Let, well, this is, for this is for Tammy. Okay. Is where do you two go? Minutes. Where's the respite? Okay. This is illustrated. This is the word is chocolate and illustrated by three empty candy wrappers out of a box of chocolate. Which were delicious, by the way. Yeah. Yes. I was eating chocolate last night by the TV. And the, the text says, in between... The difficult hours of caregiving, you need to find some chocolate, something sweet to take your mind off of the work you do. That can be reading a few tasty pages of your favorite novel, watching a morsel of a television show, or even recalling a leftover memory from some treasured moment in the past. While you will never shirk responsibility, make sure there is something delectable to momentarily turn to so that in some small way you can renew yourself and be ready again to take on the challenge. That, so that almost perfectly answers yeah, Tammy's, right. advice for Tammy's Tammy. question. Yeah. yeah. So you, however you define chocolate, have some. Yeah, whatever <laughs> Yeah. Whatever gives you... I, I was almost... When Tammy was talking about that, that she is a caregiver and she needs... I was almost equating it to like... I could imagine if I was a preschool teacher, like almost the same thing. Like your, your days are just so full and so busy and I just need a break. And well, But I'm sure that's different for everybody. Terry pointed out, I think it's... What do you like to do? Yeah. If you can find something that you like to do, whether that's socially or physically or whatever. Yeah or meditate or whatever, that's, that's a good thing. That's what it is. Got to find something you want. All right, we have to take a quick break. I'm Alyssa McNamara-Reed. You're listening to McNamara on Money. We're talking about the book Caregiver Defined. We have the author Michael Fortuna in the studio and the illustrator Peg Lee. And we also have a, a care coordinator in studio with us, Carrie Davis, Grace Life Care. We were just going to be back in about two minutes and we actually have a couple other special guests right after the break. Mm -hmm. 